Welcome to Kingdom Mothers Rise Up, where I encourage and equip you to heal your heart and renew your mind so you can live the fully abundant life Jesus promised you. Let's go. It's time to move. All right. Welcome to this episode of the Kingdom Mothers Rise Up podcast. My guest today is Becky, and she has written a book called Wonderfully Different, Wonderfully Me. And Becky and I connected in, I don't remember if it was a writing course or a challenge or something a few years ago. And um, I've just always wanted to get to know her better and I want to hear about her book. So welcome, Becky. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. So um, just give us a quick background of like where you, where you're at, who you are. So growing up, I was the middle of three girls and my older sister was sick. And my little sister was a baby and I am the forgotten little child. So it felt like they got attention for having needs. Um, and mom called me her number one helper. So I got attention, approval, all those things by being helpful, but I had to earn it. Um, so I kind of grew up with that complex of people pleasing and things like that. There was even actually, at one point I was like, because there was three girls, I was like, well, maybe if I'd been a boy, my parents would love me more. I'm told that this was 20, 35 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said that out loud to anyone because if someone had pressured me to become a boy, that would not have solved the problem because I was in a very religious family and stuff. Yeah. It was a lot worse. It wasn't that I wanted to be a boy. It was just if mm-hmm. I'd been born a boy, maybe they'd love me more. Yeah, wow. that does bring a whole different dynamic in this today's culture, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of scary. Very. <laughs> God, my childhood was a long time ago. Um, yeah, so then... As an adult, I met this guy named Dwayne who was very loud. And I, I also learned to hide because it felt like if I was seen, I got in trouble. You know, it's mm. like, be helpful, hide. You know, that's it. Yeah. So this guy, Dwayne, who was very loud and liked to be the center of attention. Um, and he also has a very different looking face because he doesn't have cheekbones. And he was born with without ears. He said little nubs. And now he has prosthetic ears to hold his glasses. Um, so people stare at him because he looks different. And he draws attention to himself, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> I like to hide, but uh-huh. I really fell in love with him. Um, and then I had to wrestle with the, like, how do I feel being next to him when he's drawing attention to us and people are staring and he enjoys it, which is kind of fine if they're like, look at him and not at me. He's, yeah. actually, he's a podcast guy. I am not. Look at him, not me. I'm just going to go hide in my office and mail my book. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it really challenged me because I was like, well, he's really confident and he has every reason to want to hide, I would think. And I'm like, what is my excuse? Like, why am I hiding? We got married. And that has <laughs> been 12 years of me learning to grow in confidence. And it's been fun. It's been good. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard it. I guess it was a video you put on YouTube the other day about the green hair yeah. idea. And just that was that was super powerful. So why don't you tell... Like, tell that again. What was your deal with the green hair? Okay. Should I read it? If you want to, yeah. And like I said, I can edit. So you can just take your time and find it. And <laughs> yeah, I was actually just looking at it. So we're good. Okay. Um, yeah. So what, what I said in the video was just that I felt like I had been put in a box and I tried so hard to stay in that box that I was put in and trying to live up to the expectations of who I should be, do, think, act, um, because I thought that's what I thought I needed to do in order to belong and be loved. But I failed because that wasn't me and the box didn't fit and I couldn't stay in it. And so then I set out to prove that I don't belong in this box. Um, 
but it's as if my whole life I've been tr- I've been told that I had green hair and I tried to pretend I had green hair, but I don't have green hair. So I failed. And then I set out to prove that I don't have green hair. And I tried so hard to show people that I have brown hair. But if someone said, you have lovely brown hair, I felt as if I had deceived them and I tricked them into believing that I had brown hair. But if they knew the real me, they would know that I have green hair and they would know that I belonged in that box. And then one day in the last year, I looked in the mirror and was like, oh, I have brown hair. What do you know? Like, I don't have to prove that I don't have green hair because I don't have green hair. It's like, I've been lied to about who I am and how I should fit in that box. Um, but anyone whose eyes to see knows that I don't have green hair. They know it's a lie, you know, even if they were told that. Um, and I had to look in the mirror to realize that those lies are wrong. But anyone who really knows me knows the real me. And I don't have to listen to the people who tell me that I have green hair because they obviously don't know me and they don't get to tell me who I am. And I don't have to try hard to be myself. I'm free to be wonderfully me. I love that. And then I want to say, the problem is I don't know who I am. And then my whole, I don't know. <laughs> now I got to figure out who is me if I'm not allowing other people to tell me who I am. And I have to define that for myself. Mm-hmm. What a fun yeah, journey. So what's that? Yeah. What's that journey been like? Because I hear a lot of women are like, yeah, I'm free to be me, but I don't know who that is. It's been fun. I think it's been years of my husband being like, well, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? What do you like doing? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I like my job, but my job apparently isn't allowed to be my hobby. It was a hobby that turned into a job. So now it can't be a hobby. It's like, I don't know. Can't you be a workaholic? Is that an option? Um, yeah, I still don't know. I like writing. I figured that out. You like writing and you, what you learned, you liked butterflies, right? I figured out. Yes. I like butterflies. I've always loved butterflies. Um, I have a tattoo. I got a tattoo this oh, year. Nice. Which I've always thought if I got a tattoo, I would get a butterfly just because it symbolizes freedom and coming alive and transformation. Finally decided I should mark that. Like I am free to be me, whoever the heck that is. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I figured yeah. out I like flowers and I I'm have a small chickens. Chickens was life changing. Um, a friend moved away and gave me her chickens and they're very therapeutic and I have more chickens than I can count now. <laughs> and she, that same friend also gave me a sunflower head of sunflower feed seeds to feed mm. the chickens and to grow more sunflowers. And my daughter's like, let me get this straight. Your friend grew sunflowers and she gave you a dead one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did, but it's seeds, honey. Um, so yeah, we've grown sunflowers and, and I love the symbolism in sunflowers where it's like, they're always bright and cheerful and they like look to the sun and follow the sun mm-hmm. and re- kind of reflect the sun, I guess as well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I like sunflowers, butterflies, and chickens. Small. That's a good start. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you might hear the babies in the background. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're coming through, but that's they good. can make a lot of noise. Yes. It sounds like a pet store over here, but they're sleeping ish, except for maybe two of them. Yeah. So what I led you chickens in your journey to find yourself? Just get chickens. <laughs> so what have your chickens Perfect. taught you? Because I actually I like I um, enjoy having chickens too, but what have they taught you? I think for one thing, I would just get up in the morning, take my kids to school, come home, sit at my desk and work. Chickens mean that I have to go outside every single day, which at first is like ah, another chore. Um but it, I mean, it's a, it gives me purpose and meaning. Um, I get to go outside and get fresh air and sunshine and feed them and check their water and clean the poop out of their coop. Um, and they're just really entertaining. So it's like, I end up sitting out there, especially when I had the last time I grew babies last summer, it's like, I would just sit there forever and just watch them. I think it's very therapeutic and mm-hmm. very, it's very entertaining. Yeah. And, and yeah. like restful. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I guess it'd be the same as people watching at an airport or something. It's just like, just sitting, like, I don't have any place to go or anything to do. I'm just going to sit and be entertained by chicken drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there can be chicken drama. You throw something in there that only one of them can have. And it's quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Or one of them found a hair tie that broke. And so uh-huh. it was a worm. I couldn't figure out what it was. It's running around this black thing and they're all chasing it. And I'm like, that is, it's not the right color to be a worm. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that's my hair. <laughs> don't eat that. Hair I'm like, don't, don't swallow it guys. But I think at some point, like they stretched it. And that's what I was like. That's a hair tie. There's two of them playing tug of war. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what led you to write your book? So my daughter, so my husband who doesn't have ears, mm-hmm. um, he puts a kid on his shoulders, his ears fall off and his glasses fall off. He's Mr. Potato Head. Um, but he has a bone anchored hearing aid that has an implant, like a screw in his skull bone and his hearing aid snaps onto it because he doesn't have an eardrum. And so it uses his skull bone to conduct sound, which is like a whole fascinating like science. thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like if I set his hearing aid on the table with that part on, the, like especially at a wood table, when it turns on, it, it plays a little chime and you can hear the chime reverberate through the wood. It's like super cool. Hmm. Yeah, and people have um, bone conduction headphones nowadays that rest yeah. right here. So you're, you're, it's that same concept. Okay, that's awesome. Um, but children are not old enough to have the surgery to have that implant. Mm. And so because he has that syndrome, we had a 50, 50% chance of passing it on to our kids. Our first daughter does not have it. Um, our second daughter did, which was a whole nerve-wracking thing because I don't think we realized we're like, it's okay if we pass it on to someone else because Dwayne has it. It's not that big of a deal. It made him who he is. He's an amazing person. It's fine. And mm-hmm. um, concerning ultrasound, where they could see that she had like a narrow lower jaw and stuff. And we're like, oh. And then they're like, well, this can affect airway and breathing. And then we kind of did more research and we're like, oh, I mean, Dwayne is technically mm. moderate to severe, I think is what they say. But like severe, severe is like can't breathe, need surgery right away or they die. You know, so wow. like, this is more serious than we realized it could be. Um, so that was a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah. And actually I had, I had dreams of like waves about to like drown me. And then I would wake up with the lyrics to that song. It's your love wave after wave washing over me. So that is, that's in my tattoo too. There's little waves. Oh, neat. Um, so just feeling like the waves of love and peace and like something's going to be okay. And it was okay. She didn't have any problems with airway or breathing. Um, awesome. but, and she passed her newborn hearing test, which was a fluke because she doesn't have an eardrum. Um, <laughs> But it got you out of the hospital, right? Yeah, she had a cleft palate. So we spent eight days in the NICU that she's on a feeding tube and stuff. And so she figured out how to eat. The other big thing was because I grew up as a sibling where my older sister was in a wheelchair. Um, like when my daughter was diagnosed before she was born, it was like, oh, like we were okay with this. You know, we we understand this world. We grew up in this. Um, mm-hmm. it's like you know, my older daughter was two years old. And it's like, oh, this, right. know, she didn't get a choice. Like, sorry, this is your life. Like, I wish... Like, I didn't want her to feel how I felt and I wanted mm-hmm. to do that. Um, yeah. In some ways, there's definitely moments where we failed and I'm like, that was not, I feel your pain, child. Sorry. And then yeah. <laughs> then there's been, you know, we've, we've done better. Yeah. And that's how it always is. Like, we don't get it perfect, but yeah. being able to say like, oh yes, I see I messed up there. Forgive me. Yeah. is huge. Yeah, I think one of the first times that we shared our family story, we literally skipped her. We talked about falling in love. And all that stuff. And then talked about Ariasha being born. And Chloe was like, when was I born? <laughs> you weren't relevant to the story. Like, no, that's, no. So she's, mm-hmm. we've actually like really involved her 
in everything because she is the big sister who's entertaining. She's gone to a lot of the doctor's appointments because we as a family would go. It's a five-hour trip to the children's hospital. So we'd all go. Um, You know, it's a long, boring doctor's appointments where they like evaluate stuff, but it's a lot of talking. And it's mm-hmm. for Ariasha, but Chloe's there and they would color and play together. And even this last trip, seven and nine now, it's like they're spread out all over the floor of our doctor's office room, coloring and playing with their dolls. Like we brought everything. And so mm-hmm. it's in medical notes, like big sister came. They seem to be well fed with lots of snacks and toys and parents are prepared. And we're like, not our first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, obviously it'd be really boring for Ariasha to just do this stuff by herself. All those appointments. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get a babysitter for a big weekend trip. And we usually would like go to the zoo or go to the Lego store and stuff as well. So we make it a vacation with a long day of doctor's appointments. My book. So Ariasha has the same bone conductive hearing aids that Dwayne has, but she's not old enough to have the surgery to do the implant. So they put it on a soft headband. And it has a little piece that it snaps onto. She's got two hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just, I think I was buying my children books that I had when I was a child and was like, wow, a lot of these books have people in a wheelchair in it. That's so interesting because my sister's oh, in a wheelchair. Like, right. It's been intentional. Um, and so I was doing the same thing where I was like buying books with children who use sign language and hearing aids and things like that. Um, but it's just a very rare type of hearing aid. And so Ariasha would look at the pictures and be like, that's not what my hearing aid looks like. They drew it wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm trying. I can't find a book with the right hearing aids. Like, I'm sorry. And my husband's like, mm-hmm. you write, you blog, you, you know, just write a book. It's like, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> it took me three years. Every New Year's as we're writing out our New Year's goal, it's like, and Becky will write her book this year. Um, <laughs> it might have been the year of COVID that I finally did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've written our family story and I was going to have it published, but then we were featured on the Born Different TV show. And then the publishing company, like our friend who worked there was like, you guys have a bigger story than just hearing aids. Like you need to write a book for a broader audience. Um, so I threw out that book and wrote a different book, which is wonderfully different, wonderfully me. So I started with my own daughter, both my daughters and like, you know, what are the things that they like doing and, you know, what words would they use to describe themselves? And then I included my sister as an adult now with a service dog and just it kind of went from there like, okay, who else do we know? Who's wonderfully different. And mm-hmm. we've got a little girl who doesn't have hair because she had cancer, which when we knew her, she was already in remission and everything that has hair, but also I don't label any of like their disabilities or anything so it's like the girl who doesn't have hair could have I think alopecia which is where they just don't grow hair Mm -hmm. Um, so I just left it very broad so it could be relatable to a bigger audience and just talk about them so Ariasha's page says like I'm quiet and shy and timid around new people um and so someone read that and was like oh my goodness my daughter connected with that because her daughter has selective mutism where she just doesn't talk in Mm. if she's nervous or whatever Mm-hmm. So it's like okay I didn't know that was a thing yeah but cool but like your child sees herself represented in that um so I just tried to make it I mean there's I think 12 or so characters and they all like you know Legos and trampolines and climbing and playing in sandbox right. that big variety of things mm-hmm. so I think it'll help kids reading it to see like oh I enjoy playing with Legos like I can play with someone who's in yeah. a wheelchair and we can both play Legos together. Like we have things in common with everyone. Exactly. So say, like an I am statement, like, you know, I'm feisty, I'm brave, I'm caring, I'm friendly. Um, so kids reading it can find a kid who looks like them, who has a similar like disability to them or who likes playing with the same toys as them or is courageous like them or whatever. So they can relate on in different levels. Yeah, see, there's lots of different ways to see that we're similar. Yep. Instead of just the ways we're different. 
That's really cool. So what did you, what did you blog about before you wrote your book? Um, I had originally started because we traveled internationally with the missions organization. So I think that's when I started. It was just kind of, instead of sending, you know, this was, I think Facebook mm-hmm. had just been invented, but instead of that, it was like, oh, I can just do a short blog post of like, here's what we're doing. And I did um, a, a, a class that we had to like blog about current events and like children at risk. Oh, okay. Like that. So it's like, I don't know, we were just like read about current events and like write a blog post of our perspective and like write what we were learning for that class. Like instead of just turning your homework in, we were writing blog posts about what we were learning, which was really neat. It's a fun Mm -hmm. way to process your learning and share it. Yeah. Um, A lot of that. And then with my daughter having the same syndrome as my husband, I've done a lot of blogs around that as well. And hearing aids. So I started, I actually started a business making, not this headband, making other headbands for kids who are hearing aids. My husband was like, don't just, don't just like start a business and be a person, like be a thought leader in that space. And so if you see people on the Facebook groups, you know, asking the same questions over and over, you know, answer the question, but then write a blog post about it. And so I was doing that as well. And then it gets to the point that people start sharing my blog post for me and I don't have to answer people's questions and, and you don't have to keep, I don't That's have to nice. keep the same thing over again. It's like copy paste. Here's the link, you know, uh-huh. so I, I did that. But yeah, that was when I first started that business. I was definitely like branching out in new territory. And my <laughs> husband was the entrepreneur. And every time I make cute stuff for my kids, he's like, you should make it and sell it. And I'm like, why would anyone buy this? I don't know. I'm so insecure. <laughs> um, so that was a yeah. huge, huge growth there. And that is that is my job, making headbands and apparently also writing books. <laughs> and then trying to sell the books. <laughs> Yeah. What's that journey been like? Interesting. <laughs> I guess I, because of making headbands, I've already have like, I've made headbands for over 3000 families across the United States and Canada. And I have an awesome. Etsy shop. So I have all those email addresses. So it's just tell everyone I wrote a book and share on all the Facebook groups. So I pre-sold, I think 200 books mm-hmm. I've had the book for a year and a half now. And I've, I've sold almost 500. And then my publishing company has sold about 200 through Amazon. Nice. So our next book will be self-published, which our daughter is writing that book. Or I guess she wrote it, my older daughter. Mm-hmm. What did she write about? It's called Becoming a Super Sibling, at least. It's not done yet, so we could change the title, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's the title. Um, and it's just her story about having a new baby sister who was in the hospital and had lots of doctor's appointments and just kind of her perspective, you know, in simple kid language, explaining all that and, you know, long, boring car rides to the children's hospital far away and lots of fun playing with friends in the waiting rooms. And, <laughs> and there's like the Easter eggs of all the characters in my book are in her book as well, like in waiting rooms or at the playground or whatever they make appearances. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, it's been fun. We're all the sketches are done. They're adding so- color illustrations next and then put it together. You're working with an illustrator. Yep. Same illustrator as my book. That's neat to have the same illustrator so she can easily bring those characters or they can easily bring those characters in. Yes, that's fun. And my nine-year-old daughter is an author. I don't know where she got that from. (laughs) (laughs) She has her data's confidence that I am learning. Well, that's good. Then you have two of them to learn from. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm inspired by my own children because I see them and I'm like, you have way more confidence than I ever did. Plus you have my sass. So I need to up my game here. <laughs> yeah, they definitely challenge us to grow and show up in different ways. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Is there any 
last piece of wisdom you would give for moms who are in that place of like, I don't know, either they're not sure that it's okay to be them or they're still trying to figure out who they are. Get chickens. (laughs) (laughs) There is only one you, so you have to be you and you can't be someone else. But like, where did the courage to like, okay, yes. Because like you said, you looked in the mirror last year and realized you had brown hair, which like to the logical mind is like, you've been seeing that your entire life. But I totally get it. Like, like I've had moments of looking in the mirror and being like, I am not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Where'd that strength come from to be able to be like, I have brown hair. I can believe what I see. I can believe what I experience. And nobody gets to question that. I've done, I have a life coach and a counselor and Mm -hmm. my life coach also does a lot of like somatic stuff where it's like connecting with your body and like feeling your feelings and learning to listen to yourself and trust yourself. Like that gut feeling like your body is trying to tell you something. I've also been doing a lot of that in the last year or two. So it's probably just learning to be more present with myself and to trust myself and choose myself. And if I don't want to do something, like I don't have to make an elaborate excuse. And sometimes I'm just trying to justify to myself why I don't want to do it. So it feels valid to say no. And it's like, no is a complete answer, complete sentence. Like Mm -hmm. you can say no. And like, so learning to, I guess, trust myself, even if I don't have a logical reason that I don't want to do something or that I do want to do something, it's like, try and see what happens or say no and don't do it. And just, yeah, that permission myself and the connection with myself and figuring out who I am and what I want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, I will put in the links where they can find your book and like, are you still currently blogging or. Ish. <laughs> Ish. Okay. I have a YouTube well, my husband is a is a talker and I am a writer. So okay. now I just write things and then I just record myself saying it. I put it on YouTube. <laughs> so both options. All right. Yeah, that'd be good. Blog it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah all kinds of options. So yeah, we'll put links to that stuff in the description. And yes, appreciate you sharing. And maybe when your daughter's book is done, we can do another episode. Cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Mothers Rise Up podcast. I'm blessed to have you here. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can join us in the Kingdom Mothers Rise Up Facebook community. When you're ready for more support, I have the Heart Doodling with Jesus monthly membership, periodic group coaching, and one-on-one personalized coaching as well. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you next time.